Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast episode number 59. Yeah, they come, they teach, but they are very underground. They don't like to be recorded. They don't like to be seen. They don't like to do it for money. They just teach whoever they, if they feel you are a person worth learning from them, then hmm. they come to you. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they, this is the problem with, with our elders here. They don't keep records. Mm, yeah, I've noticed that. I, yeah, so I, I was telling them, look, if you guys don't make like DVDs or make books. <laughs> or yeah, it's thing, important. I, yeah, I told them this thing will die and you guys will go with it. One day people will talk about Kuduru or Afro House and no one will know who you are. And they just don't care. I was like, wow. Then I think I, I better do it myself. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Welcome to the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast, the podcast dedicated to inspiring dancers worldwide whose hearts have been touched by music and dance. The universal language of dance and music is spoken by many of us throughout the world. We want to motivate the dancer in you by sharing stories, insights, and ideas to enhance your journey. Join us now with your host, Charles Ogar. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Charles with the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast coming at you with another episode this week. And this week we have someone a little bit different from our typical Kizomba instructors or Latin dance instructors. Uh, we have a very talented individual here. His name is Manuel Kanza. Um, I've seen some videos with him around when he came and taught in Dallas a few years ago. Um, I saw a video collaboration with Shafia one time and I never got a chance to really uh, meet him in person. But um, there you have two students in in Winnipeg, uh, Les and Marilee, Marilee. And they were telling me yes. about how you were really insightful about the history of the dance and, and all that kind of stuff. And that was kind of what sparked uh, my interest to interview you. So definitely thank you for taking some time out of your day to, to be with me today. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. For those who don't know who you are, can you go ahead and let our audience know a little bit about what you do in the dance world today? Okay. Um, my name is Manuel Kanza. I come from Angola, professional Kudu and Afro House instructor. I do online training for master class and uh, I also do teacher training for those who love Kuduro and Afro House and wish to become uh, teachers. It's always good to learn from people that know the roots also because I had a special training from the creators of the style themselves. Mm -hmm. So they, I decided to take it upon my responsibility uh, to teach other people how to teach our culture dance. So this is what I'm doing currently <laughs> with different students all over the world. Mm -hmm. It's been years already teaching online and it, it has been good. Definitely. That's awesome that you can kind of have that outreach, you know, and kind of give people the, the first hand touch to what's going on. Uh, in Angola and and also what's going on with the with the culture and the dance, you know. Yes. yes. So, um, you said you were born in Angola, and yeah. 
the dance you mentioned Kuluro and Afro House is definitely a part of the culture there. So can you share a little bit how it was like growing up with like Afro House and Kuluro? Um, how did you get addicted to it? Because I'm pretty sure like obviously just because you're Angolan doesn't mean that you're going to be a good dancer. Yeah. Just like if you're not Cuban, that doesn't mean you're going to be awesome at uh, salsa. If you're from Dominican, everybody's not good at bachata. So I'm pretty sure you guys have that as well uh, in Angola. So what what kind of got you hooked to the dance from from a young age when you first started? It's funny because uh, what you said is true, and and not all Chinese know kung fu. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. So here in Angola, there are a lot of Angolans who doesn't who don't know how to dance kizomba, samba, or even kuduru. Surprisingly, people that come here to Angola, they think that everybody knows how to dance kizomba, mm-hmm. and I see a lot of people out of Angola, like in the United States and Europe, that dance kizomba much better than most people here in Angola. Mm. Angola is a country where we, um, our government does not support the art. So it's the, we do art for a living. Like it's a culture, it's a thing that we have. It's, a, it's our way of life. So re, to respond to your, your question, we have a habit of uh, yard, yard party. We call it Festa de Quintal. So these yard parties, we invite our neighbors, our families, everybody uh, come together for for these yard parties. Let's just say if it's a birthday or traditional wedding, mm-hmm. everyone comes together. And you and, and as when the elders are dancing, us little ones, we are watching. So we learn by watching. We're not used to go to dance academy or school to learn how to dance. We just grow up seeing it. So this kind of makes you feel like you can just do it. No mm-hmm. one is there to tell you. No one is there to tell you hey, you're not doing it right or you're not doing it. This is how you need to do it. Mm-hmm. You just watch. You watch, keep doing it. Every time you go to the party as a young kid, you just keep doing it until, well, <laughs> until it just happens. There's no mirror. There's no school. You can't judge. <laughs> there's nothing for you. There's nothing that's going to give you time to judge yourself. Because many people that go to dance academy, the first thing they see in class is the mirror. They watch themselves dance and they don't like the way they look. They don't like the way they dance. Mm-hmm. And immediately before they even learn how to dance, they're already judging themselves. Mm. So this is one thing that I that I'm doing in my in my special in my in my course yeah in my in my course um teaching people how to I'm teaching people how to uh, accept who who they are how they look like mm. and what what moves fits fits you better like as a person mm. because here there are certain styles that some Angolans prefer not to do, like, for example, not just because you're from Angola, you, you like Kizomba. Not everyone likes Kizomba. For example, I don't dance Tarashina with just anybody. Yeah. Yeah, and the Tarashina we do here in Angola is very different from the Tarashina I see everywhere else. Mm-hmm. So there are particular things that we, we do, for example, in my speci- uh, special skills, like, his, like Kuduru and Afro House. There are certain things I teach my students 
once I get to know who they are, like how they are, the way we talk, the way we interact, I already know what kind of styles they will be more comfortable to do. Mm. So growing up with Kuduro around and all this culture, you know, is is it's just something <laughs> it's just something that we used to have. So there is no it's a it's a feeling inside. It just just grow it for sure no i definitely understand that you know because like when you go when i was in puerto rico there are a lot of people who know all the salsa songs and they can they know all the words they sing it with a lot of happiness but like they don't go to the studio to like learn how to dance salsa you know and it's just interesting like even like when you take maybe some hip-hop here in the states like maybe we have you can have hip-hop in the studio and you could just have like oh, well, no, it's just me and my crew and we're just jamming out and things like that, you know? So I definitely see that studio learning versus, like, learning from the culture or from the streets, if you will, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So um, before, one question that I definitely want to ask, but I'm going to ask another question before because I'm pretty sure the question I really want to ask you is going to take a longer explanation. Um. Can you tell us something uh, personal about you that you would like to share that not a lot of people know about you? Just like a personal tidbit. <laughs> okay. This might sound strange, mm-hmm. uh, but one thing that is affecting me a lot is my dancing is not, I don't seem to enjoy uh, like before, you know? Um, I think uh, ever since I uh, I never shared this with anybody. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, as as I was growing up, uh, my mom was the only person that supported my dance. My dad did not support because uh, I come from a tribe called Bakongo, mm-hmm. and this tribe they have a lot of honor and too much pride. Mm. So if first born. You need to be like, you know, find a job, like those kind mm. of jobs. Where you wear a suit. Yeah, you know, and he was expecting that from me. Are you the oldest? Big. Yes, I'm the oldest. I'm, all, I'm the oldest of eight, so I kind of relate to I'm that as well. Of 12. Oh, wow. So you. <laughs> not a lot of people yeah. can say they're oldest of more than eight, so I hear you. <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, uh, I always wanted my dad to see me like uh, like a dancer that I am because it's something that I like to do because I always follow my heart. Ever since I was little, mm-hmm. I learned how to follow my heart. And so he, didn't, he, 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 he felt shy when I danced, and, and that started to affect my dance. Mm. I never went full out because every, every time I felt like I'm almost getting uh, going full out when I dance, I kind of block myself when I think that he's going to watch. Mm. Or that that kind of made me throughout these years not... Uh, if you watch my videos, you will always see that I'm not smiling. I don't have facial, facial expression. Mm. Now that I'm... Maybe people will go watch my videos and... <laughs> I, I, it's like if maybe I'm looking down or maybe I'm not smiling or maybe my face is not with my body, you mm. know? So, yeah. So this is this is the thing that really affects me coming from my dad. 
But throughout these years, even though this thing kind of affected me, I did I didn't stop dancing, but I never argue with my dad or you know those kind of argument that son and father go through yeah, when definitely. they free. I just gave him time. I knew that he was he lives in a he, he grew up in a different time. Me and I'm growing up in a different time, you know. Mm-hmm. Now I see myself like a businessman. I see my dance as a business. I don't see it like something for fun. Before I used to do it for fun, but now it's actually a business. You know, I'm a family guy. I got I got kids. I'm married, mm-hmm. and all I do is dance. I have my own house. I got a car. I'm, I'm I have my school. I'm building another school. Everything through dance. So I I learned to educate myself to show my dad that. I'm not wasting my time. So this kind of made me become more responsible with the things that I do. It started mm-hmm. new visions. So I started to see successful people, how they become successful, like Bill Gates, mm-hmm. Mark, everybody. I started studying them for years and see how they, they do. And so I said, I don't want to do like the things they do. I want to be... I, I want to set my focus to my dance. How can I turn this into a business? Definitely. So, yeah, a few years ago, I said I need a brand because I realized that through brand, if you make a brand, it's like you're making a name for yourself and people, when they hear that brand or see that uh, logo, they will remember Manuel Kanz. Mm-hmm. So I promote my name, Manuel Kanz. Everything I do, Manuel Kanz. Everything I do, Manuel Kanz. So, so my name started to become like a brand. Mm-hmm. Now here in Angola, I'm very popular. Everywhere I go, people want to autograph. But I don't see myself like a famous person. I just mm-hmm. see myself more guy. And I'm, I, I always have to struggle to maintain the positions that I have. And like every time when I travel to U.S., here in my country, people don't believe. They think I have sponsor or anything. <laughs> I, I I use my own money. You know, I spend like fifteen hundred uh, to two thousand dollars, pay my own flight. You know, get myself to US. Uh, like try to make connections. You know, mm-hmm. I get to friends, sleep in the couch. I'm I'm uh, I I don't mind. Like I I sometimes I sleep in the carpet, the friend's house. As for me, I know my goal is to exchange. The more exchange, the more I, people I know, the the more possibility I have to for me to show my culture to people and let them know that there is a country in Africa very strong that need your support and this is so this this kind of things made my dad see wow of all the generations of my family of my tribe I'm the only one traveling the world like I do. Nobody else in the in the family is doing the things that I do. So mm-hmm. he's like, this guy is like, he's like, you know, my way of fighting my dad is by showing him that I wasn't wasting my time. You know, mm-hmm. a few years now he looks at me, he even bought me a car. He's like, <laughs> he, and he's like, he, he, now he's helping me build my, the biggest school that I have. That's he's wonderful. The, he's the one me build. It's like his way of saying sorry. He doesn't say sorry. He, he goes, <laughs> yeah, he's so, he's I so totally, proud. I'm laughing because I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah. So, so now, 
he I'm about to you know and he he respects me he sees me like a man and he and when when I when I'm invited to go to TV shows here in my country he always tell his friend that's my son that's my son and stuff mm. you know tell me your dad he every time he's at work he tells people to watch you you're going to be on TV mm-hmm. you know yeah so so this is something I don't I I haven't told people uh like yeah that's that, something about that I don't talk much that is <laughs> fucking wonderful that's a, a Thank you for sharing that first and foremost cuz I know that's pretty uh personal. My dad is Nigerian, so um the African pride is is definitely something that's there and being the firstborn, the responsibility of what a father has on his son is is there. Um but it's awesome that you're seeing yourself as an entrepreneur in dance, you know? So I came up with this one word called dancepreneur. So it's like you're just finding ways how you can find and and monetize your talent and build your brand and things like that. So I told I'm totally right there with you in that, and that's kind of what I'm doing with Kizomba as well, building my own brand with Neo Kids and everything, you know. So I totally understand where you come from. So much props to you for like sticking to your guns and providing for yeah. your family and and all that kind of stuff because I know it's not an easy thing and it's one thing to get to a certain point and then you have to maintain it you know it's not like oh I reached a point and then that's it you know the, the most difficult thing is actually maintaining because mm-hmm. reaching it but maintaining is hard yeah it's very, very hard yeah definitely okay wonderful response to the question that that Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. My next question is a question that I get asked a lot, and I have to admit that I don't know the the most complete answer um, or the history behind it, but I hear a lot of people ask me in some of my classes, what's the difference between Kuluro and Afro House? Okay. Um, the, the difference between Kuduro and Afro House is it's a very long topic, yeah. but I will down for you this way. Kuduru is uh, is uh, is influenced was influenced by electronic music. Mm-hmm. So the electronic music BPM is hundred like more than hundred and thirty nine BPM. It's mm-hmm. fast, and Kuduru has a lot of effects. Um, when when our DJ Carlo Pasquale at the time, he was mm-hmm. also making Kuduru. But at that time, it was not called Kuduru. Mm. It was called Batida. That's how we called it Batida. Because uh-huh. B-A-T-I-D-A, yes? Yeah, B, no, but yeah, yeah, Batida, yeah, exactly, Batida. Yeah, so Kuduru, the music is fast and it has like more than 138. Uh, BPM and it has a lot of effects. You will hear effects of glass. You hear effects of uh, broken stuff, something mm. like food. And now going back to Afro House, Afro House. <laughs> uh, think about tribe. Think about drums. Think mm. about think about marimba. So it's slower. It's it's much less. It's it's less than 120 BPM. Mm-hmm. So that. Music. That's the music. Now the dance, the dance, the kuduru is like this. During the nineties and eighties, we went through civil war. Mm-hmm. Every dance was invented 
during that time, it was Kuduru movements were created based on our daily basis. Mm-hmm. So we don't have much freedom of speech here. So uh, at that time, it was much stronger. Now people actually can say more, but before was very hard. So people used the Kuduru as a way of um, showing how you feel and what you stand for. Mm-hmm. So everyone will do their style the way they felt like it. So uh, the Kuduru dance was more, <laughs> I won't say crazy, but it was, wasn't was well structured. Mm. Like, yeah, so it was free. But Afro House, it has a lot of tribe dance. Mm. So you like, uh, you will see Chianda, Kabetula, Kintuen, every one of these little bit of tribe dance that we have in our traditional dance movement is inside the Afro House mm. dance uh, style. And we also take a little bit of foundation from Kuduru for the Afro House dance. Okay, so I'll make it a little bit clear. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's completely, you're completely fine. Yeah, I just want to make sure because, let me be honest, a lot of people in the world don't know much about Kuduru. Mm-hmm. The Kuduru that most people dance is not Kuduru. And when I say that, people get offended, heartbroken, and well, you know, people get, especially instructors, they feel bad because, well, you, you are a teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, when yeah, so the people know a lot more about Afro house rather than Kuduru. So it becomes very hard for me to explain to people the difference between Kuduru and Afro house when they don't know much about Kuduru at all. Mm. Yeah, so that's the problem. So the the easiest way to say the difference is the speed of the music mm-hmm. and the way you dance. Kuduru is a lot more aggressive dancing than Afro House, which is a lot more smooth. Mm. So you will see you will see more message in the body expression when I dance or when we dance Afro House rather than in Kuduru, which is more straight, which is more hood. Mm. You know? So you will think about Kuduru as a street dance. Mm. And you think about Afro House as a classic traditional dance. I got you. Yeah, so <laughs> so that's so that's kind of a way I, I break it down. Let's take a quick moment to thank our sponsors. Have you been looking to level up your Kizomba, but you don't have the local instructors to take you there? Are you looking for something concrete to practice with your Kizomba partner? Or are you looking for Kizomba lessons that you can take on your schedule and the comfort of your home? If you answered yes to any of these questions, look no further. LearnToKids.com is what you need. Progressive, step-by-step lessons that you can take at your pace in the comfort of your home or anywhere with a solid internet connection on your PC, Mac, or any smartphone. New videos are added every month. You can try this awesome resource out 30 days free at LearnToKids.com slash podcast. After the 30 days free, it's only a low $15 per month. But again, the special offer for the Dance Your Heart on Fire listeners, 30 days free at learntokids.com slash podcast. You won't find this offer anywhere else. Learntokids.com slash podcast. And now back to our show. No, for sure. I appreciate that because like I said, not being, not growing up with the culture and then you talk to different instructors, you hear different 
uh, stories and and breakdowns. So it's always good to just kind of like ask and and listen and respect what that person's saying and like just study yeah. from a lot of people. Even if you're an instructor, you're still a student, you know. So it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, because me I, until today, I still take lessons from the creators themselves. So what I do is in my school, I call my students and I invite the creators of Kuduru to come to my dance academy and they teach us. They don't charge, they teach for free. Oh, wow. They, yeah, they come, they teach, but they are very underground. They don't like to be recorded. They don't like to be seen. They don't like to do it for money. They just teach whoever they, if they feel you are a person worth learning from them, then hmm. they come to you. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they, this is the problem with, with our elders here. They don't keep records. Mm, yeah, I've noticed that. I, I, yeah, so I, I was telling them, look, if you guys don't make like DVDs or make books. <laughs> or yeah, it's important. Yeah, I told them this thing will die and you guys will go with it. One day people will talk about Kuduru or Afro House and no one will know who you are. And they just don't care. I was like, wow then I think I, I better do it myself. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. No, it's one thing. So sometimes when I'm researching the the history of Jeff African dance and the history of Kizomba and things like that, if you go back to like the 13th, 14th, 15th century, like it's hard to find documents and things that were going around during that time across the continent of Africa, you know? But then, I mean, you go to Egypt, you have like the hieroglyphics. They were like leaving messages you go to japan or china that have like the ancient scrolls or whatever you know and you go to uh, europe and the renaissance era things were definitely written and, and documented and things like that so that people can have an idea of, of what's going on so it's interesting that, that that's that's a part of african culture because it's important to know for us to know our history and especially um being an African-American and growing up in, in the U.S., like I feel like we're disconnected to Africa sometimes. And so it'll be good to have these things so yeah. we can kind of know where we came from a little bit, you know, because a lot of us, yeah. even though we are black, we okay, well, we know we're from Africa, but like Africa is a huge continent. Even if you know a country, there's tons of tribes and all these things, you know. So yeah. if there's nobody writing these things down or documenting them on a podcast or a blog, or a video, or something like that. It's like when these people pass away, I mean, so goes yeah. all of their knowledge as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. So this, so I want to congratulate congratulate you for what you're doing, because this, what you're doing, these materials that you gather, that you have, this is going to be good for educational purposes. Mm -hmm. You never know, maybe someday the world is going to be looking for somebody to explain some stuff. And you have all these things. Mm -hmm. This is bro. So, yeah, it's really good what you're doing. I appreciate it. It's just being curious, you know? And like I said, I see the same thing. Like, if nobody's like, okay, I'm not going to get on the Facebook comments and, like, write an essay yeah. in the Facebook comment because it's, nobody's going to look for that a week yeah. later, you know? So let's exactly. actually be a little bit more... Uh, intentional about it and actually put stuff on the internet and spread it out there for the masses, you know? So it's good. Yes. Yes. Awesome. 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 So uh, I'm curious. Um, so you said you grew up with the culture. Um, when did you start teaching? Like you said you were dancing it and it was just kind of something that you picked up and I'm pretty sure a lot of people dance it. You have the creators of it 
that don't want to yeah. have any uh, fame <laughs> or get recognition for it or make any money from it or anything like that. Um, so what yeah. what drove you to start to teach it? Or when uh, did you start okay. teaching it? Yeah, so um, I won a dance. I, won, I, was, I was the winner of a dance show here in Angola called Bounce. And this competition is like So You Think You Can Dance. Mm-hmm. It's like a, another version of So You Think You Can Dance. And I was the winner in 2008. Mm-hmm. And then as the, as a, uh, uh, the prize was to go to Portugal and stay a couple of months to do intense training with different choreographers. Mm. So when I got back to Angola because of this show, I got popular. And then I was invited in the, in the same show as a choreographer. Mm. So I nice. Started teaching, I started teaching. And then my choreographies were looking really good. We had choreographers from Russia, from the United States, from South Africa, Brazil, Australia. They all came to this show and I, w- I was the, on- one, the only choreographer Angolan in the show. And my choreographies were, were really good nice. based on the comments from the judges. And so they, they were like, okay, the, the, so on this season, they decided that the, the winners will have, uh, will do a college degree in dance in the University of Angel Viana in Rio de Janeiro for four years. Mm-hmm. So they were giving out these sponsors. And then I was given the letter uh, from the CEO of the program. And he said, read it. I was reading and it said that I'll be part of the team that's going to go to do this college degree. I was like, oh, my God, it's like was like a dream. Mm-hmm. So I went to Brazil. I left my family for four years. I would come visit them every time. So I stayed there. I finished my college degree in dance. That was I finished in 2015. Mm-hmm. We started in 2012. So during that time, I was asking myself, wow. Now that I'm here learning how to be a teacher and everything, what am I going to do uh, to make money in Brazil? Or to, like I told you, I want to take my dance as a business. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, what does the world want? So at that time, Uduru and Afro House wasn't as popular as it is right now. Mm-hmm. It's one of the first people... I think I was the first to start posting tutorials online about Kuduro and Afro House mm-hmm. six years ago. So I, I said to myself, instead of me doing hip hop or doing uh, other styles, why don't I teach people how to dance? I was dance mm-hmm. from Angola. Yeah, so I started putting out videos online and people started reaching out to me like, wow, I love this, what you're doing. And I started getting a lot of uh, compliments. And I said, wow, I think I can do this. (laughs) So I started teaching and teaching. But then I felt like, you know, then that came to me. I need to learn more from the founders so that I can provide to people uh, good stuff all the time. So when I got back to Angola, every time I come back to Angola in holidays from school, I looked for them and I was learning from them. Then I started making more videos and uh, that kind of, so actually to answer your question, I decided that to start teaching when I was doing the college degree in Rio Janeiro because I really wanted to make extra cash 
when mm-hmm. I was in yeah, so that was like a very important moment for me. Nice. Definitely. Yeah. That's awesome, yeah. brother. But just one thing. Yes. I never, uh before I started to get money from people, uh, I I only started charging people after I came to learn from my from my teachers. Mm. Before I was not charging people because I was a begin I know it's my culture, but it doesn't give me the right just to because it's my culture, I just teach the way I want. No, I mm. feel like I'm ready for this before I can ask, I, people can pay me for this. Mm. You know? No, I need to make sure I'm good and I know what I'm doing. Because yes. one thing one thing you can learn by watching is different from learning from someone who's going to instruct you and tell you, look, this is what you do because this is why it was done like this and this mm. is the name yeah, so <laughs> no, so I hear this, you. It's good. It's good to hear you say that because a lot of people do say, "Oh, well, I'm Angolan, I'm Colombian, I'm Puerto Rican, I'm Cuban. This is my culture. So the way that I do it is just I have this automatic stamp of approval." You know? Um, no, it's it's wrong. No, <laughs> but it, again, the 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 skill of teaching and being able to break things down and knowing the history and all these kind of things is also important, you know. And just like we said at the beginning of the podcast, just because you were born somewhere doesn't mean that you're going to be a part of the culture and be every good at everything that the culture provides, you know. Exactly. And none of us choose where we were born anyway, so <laughs> none of us get. We just kind of like popped up into the universe at a particular time, but. When and where we we don't know where we just kind of like yeah, roll the dice, you know. <laughs> Sorry, no problem. Yeah. yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, I definitely appreciate you sharing all your history and things like that so far. Um, do you have any exciting plans or projects coming up for 2018 that you would like to share with the audience? Okay, <laughs> I usually don't share my like when I'm in production. Mm-hmm. I usually. But I think I can do that now because I believe it, it it's almost done, so it's a good timing. Okay. So, um, because of all the questions that you did concerning the difference between Kudur and Afro House, and maybe people, since people are very interested about this, I'm making I'm making a movie. Mm-hmm. So throughout these years that I've been working, I've been saving money to buy equipment, mm-hmm. uh, cameras and everything. Because, well, you know, when you go after people, it's a different story. People will charge you billions. <laughs> they never see your vision. Yeah, people, no, it's true. It's true. It's, it's so yeah. much better when you're the person recording and creating your content, man. Exactly. Because, you know, when I, when I started, I was like asking people for help. I wrote everything because people say, write the project and come ask for sponsor. Don't just come without project. So I was like, okay, I wrote project, I show, they were never interested. Mm. Well, I decided to take it upon my responsibility. So I'm doing a movie. This movie is about Kuduro and Afro House, and I'm filming from the dirty part of it until the clean part of it. (laughs) I want to show people the reality that we go through here in Angola, our Mm. struggle, create the moves, how we name the moves, how we party, our life, our reality. So in this movie, I show everything that that goes on here in Angola uh, concerning this style. This is a movie called Inspira Danza. Inspira Danza is my brand Mm -hmm. and my company. 
Inspira Danza means to inspire dance. So I want to inspire people to love dance, to believe in themselves, that just because you are dancing doesn't mean you won't get a job or it's, it's not a job, it's not something. It's, it's, if, you, if you love what you do mm-hmm. uh, and believe in yourself, you will make just as, as much money as anybody else who's there in the industry. You just yeah. got to have education, educate yourself, be responsible, and don't cheat. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Don't I hear you. Keep doing your thing. It's going to happen. <laughs> definitely, brother. I appreciate it. Um, so we can definitely share the links of your page um, on social media so people can find that out for you. And to end the podcast here, um, I always like to ask our guests to share any pieces of advice or inspiration for our audience. Okay. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Manuel Kanza, Kanza with a K, uh, or you Kanza with a C for Instagram, Manuel Kanza with K for YouTube. Mm-hmm. And um, you, uh, you said for me to give a piece of advice? Yes. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. So my advice to everyone listening is it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, where you come from, um, how you look like. If you love something, take care of what you love and make sure it grows with you wherever you go. Because most people... Because of our struggle, we tend to lose love from things that we have because, um, you know, our struggle kind of makes us blind from what we, 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 we love. Mm-hmm. For example, if you want to be successful um, engineer, imagine things get very tough and then you kind of start to lose the love from that dream because things are looking way harder than you thought it would be. Mm-hmm. So advice is... When people say don't give up, it's true. Don't think they're just telling you to motivate you. It's true. Don't give up. Try different ways. <laughs> I hear you. This is a piece of advice that I wish somebody told me when I was struggling because I always learn to motivate myself. I think um, motivating yourself is very important. So this is my advice to everyone. Be strong. Keep believing. Beautiful words, beautiful words. All right, brother, I definitely appreciate all your time. I appreciate all your knowledge. I appreciate your hustle, your struggle, your drive to inspire people and things like that. And that's why you're here on the show today. So definitely thank you again for spending some time with me. Thank you. Thank you very much, bro. Thank you. And congratulations for this because, well, people get to know more about other people and also about culture. So this is good for us and for our culture, too. Thanks a lot. Yes, more than welcome. My pleasure. All right. Thank you for checking out the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast today. Be sure to check out neokizomba.com for links to everything that we chatted about today, as well as some awesome free resources to enhance your Kizomba journey. (laughs) 